0: left. Hardy with six. Hardy on Brown. Hardy with three. With two. Hardy reverse slam is gone. 1.2 left. St. John's 12 to 14 from the field in this second half. Hans again. Samori Hans. 30. Dylan Wusu also in the ball game. Champagne. Yeah. Hey, you're <laughs> kidding me. Another. You are now listening to the Eye of the Storm podcast. What's going on, Johnny Nation? Welcome to episode 31 of the Eye of the Storm podcast. My name is David Barov, and today I am trying to put my feelings into words as St. John's dropped its fifth straight game losing to Providence on Saturday, 83-80, to extending their losing streak to five, dropping to 11-6 on the season, 1-5 and in the Big East. It wasn't that long ago when we were sitting right here and talking about St. John's being 11-1. We were sitting here talking about St. John's getting ready for Big East basketball play, getting ready for that Villanova game in Villanova, and in 17 short days, everything kind of came off the rails and right now we're talking about effort and playing better against providence even in a loss that's the conversation that we're having right now we're talking about a team that looked better on saturday on the road against a really good providence team but still came up short there is a lot of outside noise right now but at the end of the day St. John's is still 11-6 and and still only has one Big East win and does not have a true road win this year. Coming into Saturday's game, there was a lot of speculation and questions surrounding Andre Curbelo based on what he did after the Marquette game, as we know now. Snuck into the gym, incognito, was seen in the back of the press conference posted some things on social media so we didn't know if he would be suspended again if he would be with the team well we find out that he did travel with the team he did practice all week and he was going to play and play he did great but there was a shakeup made to the lineup first we find out that Montez Mathis is not playing he was seen on crutches the school has told me that Montez Mathis suffered a toe injury against Marquette and he is going to be out for the foreseeable future we do not have a timeline on his return other injury update Mohamed Keita the freshman is out for the year with a knee injury the school will be applying for a medical red shirt so the starting lineup was changed Freshman AJ Store was inserted into the starting lineup with Posh Alexander, Dylan Adaiwusu, David Jones, and Joel Soriano. Okay, interesting. A lot of people have been asking for more playing time for AJ Store. Here's your chance, kid. And you knew coming into this game that you were not going to have an easy test on the road. First of all, Providence was 30 and 1 in their last 31 games in that arena. The amp, the dunk. And I said this on the instant reaction segment number 23 with the Eastern Observer with Joey, Jarzinka, and Mike Sabo. When they had me on, I told them, listen, this is a Providence team that gets some home cooking on their floor. The refs send them to the line a lot. Against Yukon, it was 35 to 19. St. John's was probably gonna have to figure out a way to win this game by circumventing the referees a little bit now you hate to have that as a built-in excuse or anything like that and i'm not using it as an excuse but we certainly saw that come into play in this game so St. John's not only having their own woes going into the game, not only having the losing streak, not only having all the outside noise, whether it's with Andre Curbelo, whether it's with the chemistry on the team, whether it's the lack of defense, there was a lot of factors going into this game. So what was the message? What was the response? What is St. John's going to do to try and piece it back together? At least start to, right? Well, they certainly played hard. And I think you can argue that for the most part, they played well. 83 to 80, you have a chance late to tie the game, but at the end of the day, wins and losses are still where we measure things, and it ends up being too little too late, and coming up short. So you have a new starting lineup, and you're a team that has to be hungry, right? Your back is against the wall. People are counting you out. Nobody's basically giving you a chance in this game. I certainly thought they were going to lose. I said so on the podcast with Joey and Mike. And so you start the game at Posh Alexander, hits two three-pointers, feeling pretty confident. AJ Store is driving to the rim, something that I've been asking for a lot from him. The issue was not effort, But to me, early on, you could still see issues that kept creeping up. The same things were plaguing the team, and it all goes back to defense. I think that the defense on this team has been really poor. Providence was getting into the paint really easily and was scoring at will in the paint. All their field goals in the first four minutes were basically in the paint, Transition defense for St. John's continued to be a problem early on, and Providence goes on an 11-2 run early on. The difference was as St. John's showed a little bit of fight and a little bit of moxie and answered it back with an 8-0 run of their own. You saw fight, and you saw a team that wasn't giving up. Given all the outside noise, you saw that, which is great. But it's a problem when that's what we're talking about and that's what we're extrapolating as good on January 7th and January 8th when I'm recording this. And you sit there and question, where was this team, where was this effort, where was this fight against Villanova, Xavier, Seton Hall, Marquette? Because if it was there in any of those games, perhaps we're not talking about a five-game losing streak. Perhaps we're not talking about a team that is one in 1-5 in the Big East. Maybe you don't get spanked against Seton Hall. Maybe you pull out a win against Xavier or Marquette. This was the effort that we wanted. I don't think anybody would be complaining about if you saw this team in those games. So yes, it's encouraging that this is what you got, but still, there are questions associated with it. So a lot of the things that we said about the first half against Providence for the same things that we said about the first half and Marquette against Marquette. St. John's had a lead going into halftime. They had a lead going into halftime against Providence too, only by one point, because you gave up a few baskets there late in the first half. You had a bigger lead. St. John's was up by eight, nine points. I think at one point, seven points for the most part. The problem is, again, and you saw this really in the second half, and this is an identity issue, this is a toughness issue, this is a leadership issue, St. John's gave up another big run to Providence, Providence took the lead immediately out of the break, just like against Marquette and Xavier, so you saw all of these same habits and problems happen again and again. I understand that I am repetitive right now. And it's a little crazy that I'm repetitive because I'm talking about different games, yet the same thing keeps happening. That's where the issue is. The bad defense has been prevalent in the last five games. The blown leads has been prevalent in the last five games. Giving up major runs has been prevalent in these last five games. So yes, the effort was better in this Providence game, and we'll start breaking down some things specifically in a second but it's hard to accept that as a fan base when that is the bar that we have set for this program and for this team right now. Year four of the coaching staff should not be where we talk about effort, where we're talking about team not disbanding. Should be much further along than that. In the first half, St. John's shoots 50%. Just like in the Marquette game, you shot over 50%, right? In this game, St. John's would shoot 49 plus percent, right? Just under 50%. But in the first half, St. John's shot 50% in the first half and was only up by one point. You were making every other shot and were only up by one. Now, we could point to a few things and try to make a, you want to call it an excuse, you can do that, The foul discrepancy in the first half was 10-4. to That's insane. You send them to the line that many times, you don't get called for fouls on your own that you're drawing. There was an insane flop that was called against Dylan Adaiwusu. The technical foul that was called against Joel Soriano for clapping at Ed Cooley was so soft. But again, this is how the cookie crumbles when things are going like this this season. It was 35 to 29 with 4 minutes to go in the first half. And up until this point, the shot selection overall wasn't terrible for St. John's. Again, shooting 50% from the floor indicates that you're getting pretty decent looks, that or you're getting really lucky. 35-29 with 404 left to go when Rafael Pinzon pulls up from about 35 feet in transition for a three with 27 seconds on the shot clock. If you didn't throw your hands up in the air, and say, what the hell are you doing with that shot? I don't know what to tell you. Rafi has to be smarter than that. I think he had a pretty decent game, but man, that was such a back-breaking, stupid decision at that spot. You're up by six points with 4.04 to go, and you take that bad of a shot that early in the shot clock, and Providence goes on a 10-5 to run to close out the half to bring it to one. Shot selection and momentum go hand-in-hand. 2.34 left in the half. St. John's uses a timeout and struggles to get the ball inbounds. Posh Alexander takes a contested three at the top of the key with, without ever trying to move the ball or get a better look. It leads to him being out of position, running back in transition. He gives up an open three to Noah Locke, which he hits. Dylan then comes back the other way, misses a layup, and fouls Croswell, who goes to the line, and that's an 11-1 run for Providence. So again, bad shot selection, some really questionable IQ plays, and misses led to St. John's just giving possessions away, giving Providence the ball, and allowing them to build momentum for themselves. These are questionable, poor basketball decisions that have reared its ugly head over and over again. I have to talk about the really questionable technical on Joel Soriano early in the first half. He hits a jumper and turns around and claps, I guess, at Ed Cooley. Ed Cooley clapped right back at him. It seemed to be all in good fun, but man, that was some serious home cooking for the refs to call a technical on that. It was ridiculous for the refs to call that. I just, there wasn't no malice, I think. I guess they think that he was trying to show up the coach, but Ed Cooley clapped right back at him. So you can't just do that. And again, you send Providence to the line and let them shoot free throws. And it doesn't matter how many they make or miss, but you're shifting momentum in the game. You're adding a foul onto Joel Soriano. It was just so ticky tacky. It was just unnecessary. I think it was the complete wrong call. Let them play early on. We have to keep talking about halftime because of what keeps happening out of the break. Early on in these halves the first four or five minutes you saw a lot of people say this on social media that the first few minutes out of the half we're going to tell you all you need to know about st john's you have seen them get punched in the mouth out of the break in the last five games whether it's a team going on a run to end the half or going on a big run to start the half teams have done it and it hasn't been st john's st john's immediately turns the ball over and providence goes on a seven to two run to take the lead why Missed three pointers by Posh Alexander and AJ Store, rushed contested three by David Jones and Noah Locke on the other side, Providence's best shooter who had a huge game, right in front of Ed Cooley hits a deep three. AJ Store was like walking up to him, didn't even put a hand up, didn't close out, and he hits it. The exact same thing happened against Marquette and every other game, the last four losses, now five. Too many times off of a Providence miss, St. John's would take a bad shot and hurt themselves. Joel Soriano kept hitting timely hook shots and was doing just enough to keep them within striking distance. But in the second half, Bryce Hopkins got going. He started to wake up. The crowd got into the game and Noah Locke was just really, really dialed in. Get this. And again, I pointed to this in the first half. St. John's in the first half shot 50%. And held Bryce Hopkins, who you can say is the Big East player of the year right now, to zero points. Ask any other team in the Big East if they would sign up for shooting 50% and holding Bryce Hopkins to zero points in a half. How much they would pay for that. And then ask them what they would predict the score would be. And if they would only be up by one point. I guarantee you the answer is going to be a whole lot more than one point. So yeah, you awake a sleeping giant in Bryce Hopkins who would go on to have 10 points in the second half. He had seven points in the first seven minutes of the second half. Noah Locke hits back-to-back threes. Providence takes a 62-54 lead. And again, you're talking about a blown lead. You're talking about having to come back and in the face of adversity, answer. And you know what? St. John's did a much better job of that today. They didn't roll over and die. They didn't just allow the team to keep fighting. They went on a few runs of their own, and they would make it close. I have to give credit to St. John's for that. But you never got over the hump. They never took the lead back. Not once. They tied it a few times, But they never took the lead back. So again, when you get hit with that adversity, when you give up that big run, St. John's has proven that they do not have the dogs to get back. They have proven that they don't have the go-to scorer to bail them out. You know, Joel Soriano can only do so much. He had another double-double. Posh Alexander had a good game, was scoring a lot early on. But when it mattered most, there was not that one guy that you could go to to really get you a bucket. I thought Omar Stanley played a lot better. He was cutting to the hoop a lot. I think he was in good positions. David Jones... Did not play well. Took some really bad shots. Again, only played 13 minutes. There's a reason why he was sitting on the bench for the majority of the second half. The thing is is that every time Providence needed a bucket, Right. It was 62 to 59, 10 minutes to go. Omar goes one for two from the line. St. John's is on a 7-0 run. Like I said, St. John's was able to keep it close. They were able to be in punching distance. They were able to really fight back. But every time they needed a stop or they needed a run or they needed to just get over that hump, Providence did something to get to the line and get a bucket. They went to the free throw line. They didn't even do a good job at the free throw line. Guys, Providence went to the free throw line 34 times in this game. They only made 22. They missed 12 free throws. Can you imagine what this game would look like if they hit more of their free throws? 22 for 34 is awful at the line. But they shot 34 free throws. St. John's only shot 20. St. John's made 12 of 20. Providence made 22 of 34. Every time they needed a bucket, they would either go to the paint, get fouled, and go to the line. Providence turned the ball over 16 times in this game, 14, with 8.55 still to go in the second half. So they were giving you the chances. St. John's just couldn't do enough. That's been the theme. St. John's couldn't get over the hump. And we can't just keep saying, all right, well, they're close, good effort, they were almost there. Eventually, you got to get over that hump. You got to have the guys in the locker room, in those huddles, to say, listen, we are going to do whatever it takes to get over that hump. 8.55 to go, two free throws are hit, Posh misses a three and we bail them out with three seconds on the shot clock to send Noah Lock to the free throw line that makes it a four point game. Again, every time they got close, they did something to extend it a little bit more. We're seeing similar trends. You're not able to get a rebound. Croswell gets the bucket on an easy layup because St. John's can't secure it. A turnover by Providence leads to a really nice give-and-go from Posh to Curbello and dropped it off to Soriano that tied the game at 71, right? That was a really nice play. 4.32 to go. It's 71-71. You think about it. Maybe if you're on your home court, maybe this is Carneseco Arena, maybe Madison Square Garden. That's the big dunk that gets the crowd behind you. It propels you to a close win. Instead, Bryce Hopkins gets fouled on the way back. He goes to the line. He hits one. It's 72-71. Providence with the lead. But again, this is where it kind of goes back and forth. Andre Curbelo ties the game with a free throw. And then again, I'm just a broken record because St. John's does the dumb thing. Dylan Adaiwusu turns the ball over after Andre Curbelo passes it to him in a really bad spot where he gets doubled. And instead of trying to pass the ball out, he gets the ball taken away from him. On the way back, Devin Carter hits a three. Curbelo answers with a layup. It's 75-74, three minutes to go. These are the basketball IQ plays. Andre Curbelo as a point guard can't put Dylan Adaiwusu with the ball in a corner to get trapped. You just got to be smarter than that in those spots. We forget about this because after the three was hit by Carter, Curbelo scores really quickly. So you kind of just forget that this happens. But Bryce Hopkins then misses a three. Joel hits a jumper on an uh, inbounds play. And here is the potential turning point. Again, we look at these moments of where the game possibly turned. Bryce Hopkins misses a three. St. John's gets the ball. It goes out of bounds. Posh Alexander passes it out to Joel Soriano on a nice screen by Omar Stanley to create space. Joel hits the jumper, but it's waved off because Omar Stanley jumped a little too early. It got his hand on the net and they wave it away. This would have given St. John's a one-point lead, 75-74 with two minutes and 22 seconds left. You would have had a momentum. You would have had a little bit of confidence here, but instead Breed hits a big jumper on the way back. And so what could have been a one-point lead for you is now a three-point lead for Providence. Their crowd gets into it and back and forth you go. Joel, again, a really nice tip-in, 140 to go. Providence has the lead. Dylan misses the front end of a one-to-one. Providence still has a three-point lead. St. John's opts for a quick two when they're down three points. Carbello gets a layup. Devin Carter, who was pretty good at the line all day, still extends it to three. St. John's is never allowed to get a three-off when... Providence fouls them, and eventually the game ends, 83-80, to and it's a close game. Much better effort for St. John's. They are close, but again, close only matters in horseshoes and hand grenades. St. John's used their bench in this game. 36 bench points they had compared to Providence's 6. 16 turnovers for Providence, only 12 for St. John's. But at the end of the day, some really bad calls went against St. John's, and I hate to bring the refs into it, but the fact is, is that Providence took 34 free throws to St. John's 20, technical fouls called against Joel Soriano in the first half, and A.J. Store in the second half on what was a clean, hard foul. You couple that up with really bad defense throughout the night again really poor transition defense, letting Noah Locke have his way with you, scoring 20 points, hitting five threes, going seven of 11 from the floor. And after holding a guy like Bryce Hopkins scoreless through the first 20 minutes, you allow him to finish the game with 10 points, seven rebounds. Devin Carter was huge, 19 points, hitting eight of nine free throws. Providence had the dogs to get the job done. St. John's played really hard, played well. 13 points for Omar Stanley, 12 points for Andre Curbelo, Rafael Pinzon had 10, Joel Soriano 16 and 10, another double-double, Posh Alexander 14 points, 5 rebounds, 1 assist, 2 steals, but at the end of the day, it's not enough. Not when a guy like David Jones, who's supposed to be one of your primary scoring threats, is only playing 13 minutes because this guy is not taking good shots, his attitude on the court doesn't seem to be one like a team player, and so he's not going to play when other guys are doing better. And other guys are really giving their all on the court. And it seems like perhaps he's not. And so it really sucks that in the beginning of January, during a five-game losing streak, we are still talking about the same things over and over again. And you can basically play episodes 26 through 30 on loop. And the criticisms are pretty much accurate through each game. Bad shot selection, poor IQ, No defense whatsoever, lack of adjustments in the huddles, no changing defenses from zone to man. How many times do we have to keep saying the same thing? It's pretty frustrating to see that. This fan base is frustrated, but I can tell you this, the players are frustrated too. The staff is frustrated beyond belief. Administration is frustrated and is watching. I can promise you that. I know that fans don't want to hear it. I know fans are ticked off and can't stand the losing, myself included. I will tell you because I know that administration is watching this, they care deeply, and they are going to try and figure this out. Whether you want to believe me or not, that's up to you, but I can tell you that they are very aware and they are watching. President Father Shanley was at the game against Providence. Mike Craig was at the game. They're there. They're sitting behind the bench. They are seeing what's going on. There is a lot of outside noise right now. A lot of people care very deeply about this basketball program and are very tired of losing. It's been a lot of years of futility. All I will keep saying is that administration and this staff, everybody wants to figure this out. These kids are dejected. The locker rooms, everybody is sad. Everybody is ticked off. Everybody is unhappy with losing. If you think that everybody is just sitting around not doing anything, I can promise you that is not the case. Whether you believe me or not is up to you. Here's what else I will say The landscape of college basketball has completely changed. And I know a lot of people don't want to hear this and they might think that it's bad timing, but guys, NIL is the way of the future. It is the name of the game. Store marketing is the St. John's way. To help, I put this out on Twitter the other day. I'm going to keep doing it because I know that this is what it takes. NIL is the name of the game. You have to keep people happy. You have to keep these players happy. You want to attract future players. You want to attract their family members. They want to know that when coming to St. John's, NIL is a priority and that is the way of the future. If you've been paying attention to social media, you have seen Storm Marketing and the NIL deals that they have been able to get for the current players, men's and women's basketball team. Follow them on Twitter, at Marketing 4 Go to their website, StormMarketingNY.com to learn more. If you go to the members only section, that's where you can join. There are individual plans on a monthly basis, semi-annual and annual. Guys, NIL matters now for later for the future and it does not matter who is currently on the court or the sidelines or anywhere nil is the name of the game now it's going to take all of us to get this program back to where it needs to be i know people don't want to hear that in the middle of a losing streak it's just the reality check out the website check out their twitter to those that may know Vin Ochani. He's the one that founded Storm Marketing, him, his partner, Justin Kramer, two really good guys, guys that really care about this university, about athletics, and are trying their best to do what they can to help St. John's as a whole, especially the basketball teams. So reach out to them. Again, Storm Marketing 4 on Twitter. Store marketingny.com is where you can go to potentially help out as well. They're very forthcoming. They will let you know exactly how you can help. They'll set up a Zoom, they'll set up a lunch. I know firsthand both of these people, and they will absolutely guide you if it is your prerogative to help things moving forward. That being said, St. John's has Butler up next on Tuesday. No excuses to lose this game to Butler. Butler just got absolutely destroyed. By Seton Hall. Butler is a bottom three team in this conference. But I guess that doesn't really matter. And where am I to say that? As St. John's is in the middle of a five game losing streak. Point being, St. John's can absolutely not lose on Tuesday to Butler. You're home. You're better. They are reeling. You played better against Providence. Now, get back in the win column. St. John's has to find a way to do it. Absolutely no excuse. Get the job done. Find a way to win. And let's talk about a win instead of a loss on the next episode. I appreciate you guys for listening. I know things aren't easy right now. I ask for everybody to just be a bit respectful. I know tempers are hot. Everybody is angry. There's a way for us to voice our displeasure without talking about people's livelihoods. I know you may not want to hear this, but I respectfully ask that you guys keep that in the back of your mind. We are not talking about the NFL, the NBA. We are talking about college. We are talking about kids who are 18 to 22-year-olds. We are talking about professionals and their livelihoods. And I know some people really don't want to hear that and think that it's big business, which it is. I understand that. But keep in mind, assistant coaches, players, managers, their families, those that may not want to hear it, people see everything. People hear everything and there's a way that we can voice our displeasure and unhappiness and frustration without crossing the line. So I respectfully ask that people keep that in mind, but I do not fault everybody for being upset. We are all upset. Nobody wants to be losing. Nobody thought that at 11-1, your season would be off the rails in 17 days, that we would be talking about all this extracurricular stuff. But for now, we have to hope that St. John's can find a way to win, that they take that effort against Providence, and they bring it at home on Tuesday against Butler, and we're talking about a win. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Eye on the Storm podcast. Go Johnnies!